Coming to you from Berlin's mysterious Maschen Studio, this is episode one of Why Did the Rule Breakers Break the Performance Rule? Written by Blenry and Fredward. Chapter one, rule number 11. Only one creature may go to the bathroom at a time. Bradward and Flannery were two best friends, so close that they could talk to each other without even speaking. This wasn't even the most amazing thing about these two best friends. Bradward was a butter panda, which meant that they had the body of a panda, but was the size of a butterfly and had rainbow-colored butterfly wings. Flannery was a deergle, as you could guess, this meant that they had the head of an eagle with the body of a deer. Flannery and Bradward lived in a polyverse without gender. So, instead of writing she or he, Flannery and Bradward were called they, X-E. Bradward and Flannery lived in a city where most everything was mixed up just like Bradward and Flannery. To be specific, most everything meant that 60% of all the creatures that lived in the City of Rules were hybrids. For instance, their teacher, Professor Sronsky, was a pig giraffe. If you guessed that Professor Sronsky had the head of a giraffe and the body of a pig, you would be wrong. <coughs> Professor Sronsky had the head of a pig on the body of a giraffe. Now, it wasn't just the citizens that were all mixed up. Everyone lived in large fruit houses. Bradward lived inside of an apple house, and Flannery lived in a lemon house. There was an asparagus on the back of Flannery's lemon house, and in the tip of the asparagus, Bradward and Flannery had their strategy room. It might seem that this would be a very exciting city for Flannery and Bradward. Usually, though, when we begin sentences with words like it might seem, it means that the opposite of what we are saying is true Bradward and Flannery did not live incredibly exciting lives. Bradward and Flannery did not even live mildly interesting lives. Bradward and Flannery lived incredibly boring lives. Bradward and Flannery lived in the city of rules. There were 888 rules that everyone followed all of the time. There were rules for how to walk, how to eat, and how to say goodbye. There were rules for how to board the baby trope, the baby-based metropolitan transit system of the city of rules. There were rules about what kind of clothes to wear. There were rules about where you could sit and not sit. Once there were no rules in the city Back then, anything could become anything else, and the city was called the City of Possibilities. There were so many possibilities that nobody knew how to stop anything from changing into everything else. Then the rule makers came and made the rules, and the City of Possibilities became the City of Ruels. Ever since then, life has been very predictable in the City of Rules. It was so predictable, in fact, that nothing seemed to change in the city of rules. Day followed night, of course, and winter followed autumn. 
and there were weekends and weeks, but nobody got any older. Everyone who was a student, like Flannery and Bredward, stayed a student forever. On the day that our story began, Flannery and Bredward went to rule school. Like every other day, and like every other day, Professor Stronsky began rule class at rule school by asking them to recite the basic eight rules. The basic eight rules were the most important of all the 888 rules. The whole class stood up and recited the rules. They had recited the rules every morning for as long as they could remember, so it was very easy to recite them. Here were the basic eight rules of the City of Rules. Number one, no performances. Number two, don't let the skeletons out of the labyrinth. Number three, abstract thinking is out of the question. Number four, never listen to the sound of the nymphs. Number five, Beethoven is below ten. Number six, Always follow the wig airport time. Number seven, avoid all outer polyverse hunters. Number eight, no new rules. After they recited the eight basic rules, Professor Stronsky began to teach that day's rule. Today the class was learning about rule number 11. At this moment, the entire history of the City of Rules began to change. You see, for this moment, nobody had ever broken the rules. This may sound slightly exaggerated. After all, in our world, people break the rules all the time. Not big rules, of course, mostly, but little rules. Someone might, for instance, eat food on the train or cross the street if no cars are coming, but the sign says, don't walk. It wasn't like this in the City of Rules. No one ever broke the rules there. The rules kept the chaos away. How could they break the rules? It was unthinkable. Professor Stronsky asked the class if there was any situation when it was acceptable to skip class. As Professor Stronsky know, there was no rule against answering your own question. So they answered, It is never acceptable to skip class. <laughs> Right then, Braidward gave Flannery a look that said, let's skip this class and go for a walk. It was the first time that anybody had ever even thought about breaking the rules in the city of rules. When Flannery gave Braidward a look back that said, I understand, let's do it. It was the first time that anyone had agreed to break the rules with anyone else. Flenris stuck up one of their paws and told Professor Stronsky that they needed to go to the bathroom. I must go, said Flenris. Remind me of rule 452, said Professor Stronsky. Only one creature in the bathroom at a time, Flenris said. What Professor Stronsky did not know was this. Fredward had flown onto Flenris back and hidden in their thick deer fur. Professor Stronsky did not, therefore, understand that when Flenry walked out of the classroom, that something very important had changed in the city of Ruez. Because, you see, the rule-breaking had begun. It's Cloud Pump, baby! Are you as dry as the desert sands of the planet of the flying robotic mosquitoes with red eyes? Has your creativity 
vanished into another polyverse? Did a holy sloth steal your creativity? Don't scapegoat the holy sloths. Don't scapegoat anyone. Don't scapegoat goats. No. What you need to do is clown pump. See, clown pump is like Pilates, but for your creativity. Clown pump is like yoga, but for your imagination. Clown pump is like... Clown pump is... I don't know! Ah! Anyway... Oh, listen, Clown Pump is like Jazzercise, but it's hosted by me, Thomas Klein. I'm the smallest clown in the world. Now, I know what you're thinking, okay? Literally, because I'm telepathic. I can read your thoughts, so I know what you're thinking. Another edutainment offer trying to woo my attention with novel but ultimately shallow clickbait self-improvement material. I hear where you're coming from, but let me tell you, brother girl, this is completely D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-T different. First of all, Clown Pump is 150% free. That's right, because we're sponsored by Unicorn World. Obviously, I don't need to tell the vast majority of you about Unicorn World. After all, it's the most popular secretly filmed reality and intergalactic tourist attraction. Who hasn't been following the incredible cosmic adventures of Nikolas, Montague, and the mysterious Vegas Namus? Check it out if you haven't already. Unicorn on sensors of all types in all polyverses. No, not only is Clown Pump free, it's guaranteed to be effective. Don't take my word for it. Try this activity. First, you're gonna think of two, not one, but two spheres of life. For instance, I'm thinking right now of a hot beverages and, 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 and sports. Yeah, hot beverages and sports. Now, choose something you love from each sphere. For instance, I happen to simply adore Dingle Ginger Tea, and uh, I also really love swimming. Swimming is a favorite sport of mine. And now, for the final magic, combine your two favorites to get a brand new idea. Dingle Ginger Tea, combined with swimming, gives me the idea of a water park where instead of water, uh, there's tea. What an incredible idea this is. We could call it Tea Land, or maybe Tea Falls. Clown Pump, coming soon from Martian Studio.